Welcome to the CFC Talk podcast. About and I know I said I'll start the next episode whenever we sign Kai Havertz by saying we've got Kai Havertz, but we can't do that right now, can we? We've got a guest on board. Um, we've got Kamal from Worldwide Chels. Hello, Kamal. Hi, my friend. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm honoured. Um, it, it's it's a pleasure to have you. I mean, it's been so long. We've been working on timings and everything, confusion uh, <laughs> for everything sure as well. And we will talk about it more. But before that, we go, before we get into all of that, we've got our usual hosts, Alex and Omar. Welcome again. Nice to have you back. Hello. Great to be on again, as usual. Yes. Omar. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to be on. So before we get into everything tonight's points for uh, the podcast, conversations about fans on social media, this is specifically pointed towards Kamal. We've all seen um, how a lot of the local fans from Chelsea act with all of us. And then Kai Havertz, finally from a red shirt to a blue shirt. You know, we've uh, I think Alex and Amar, if you remember... Almost a month ago, we said we want to see him in a blue shirt when William left, and it's finally happened. Does this create pressure on Mount or not? We will also discuss that, and then we'll find out what Kamal, Alex, and Amar, which three players you want to sell from this year's squad. And then we're going to see Kamal's predictions for the next season, and hopefully throughout the season we can have him back on the podcast and just discuss more on that as well. Firstly, guys... Well, again, it's it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. It, um, we've had a lot of conversations on Twitter about Chelsea and how, I mean, going straight into the first topic, conversations about fans and social media. A lot of a lot of people say Twitter is a very very vo- vocal place and where people would just put out their opinions and at point at some points it would it just gets toxic. Do you agree with that? Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Um... You know, so I tweeted today that, you know, I'm not going to get to specifics because it was kind of vulgar, but, you know, just the fact that some fans in the match going fans will say, um, have the audacity to say that, you know, why should why, they question why other fans from across the world um, support the team. And the logic behind it just doesn't make sense at all. Um, why wouldn't you want your team to be known worldwide? Why wouldn't you want team like fans from across the planet to invest in the team that you support without international fans there's no Kai Havertz there's no Chelsea there's nothing there's it's just an entity that won't exist um so that the whole concept of you know not supporting and not and then you know degrading fans from across the planet just doesn't make sense you know I was born and raised in London myself I was a match going fan at that at one point and I moved to the U.S. So does my opinion no longer be valid because I've moved? I mean, the con- the whole topic just makes my head explode. And um, continuing on that, Amar, I'm going to ask you this question as well because um, you're in you're in a similar position as Kamal and as as myself as well. Um, all three of us live outside the UK, so we wouldn't be considered as match going fans. Um, do you do you also sometimes feel like um, Amar that you you you're like getting feeling left out or you don't have you, uh, people downgrade you because of the fact that you're not local you're not from from uh, the Chelsea area or you're not you don't go to matches regularly yeah 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 like um I've been on Twitter for a very long time and um uh, this thing about at first they, they used to call it that if you don't if you don't um if you are not a proper Chelsea fan and all that it's it's actually better now because at first it was very very bad at first um, there was this kind of um, 
tag that they give to African um, uh, Premier League fans. They, they call us African experts. Anytime somebody wants to make a comment about Chelsea, check where you're from first. I think they, they did the same thing to Indians also, and they did the same thing to Africans. But I think that thing has died out a bit. So I was surprised I saw it today again. I think it's the start of the season where we see a lot of these fans uh, that who just come out of there and, and who just just have nothing to basically tweet about. So all they do is just tweet. Exactly. And like what um, Kamal said, it's, it's without international fans, there's no Chelsea. Without international fans, there's no Chelsea. That that is the, that is a fact. Even our owner, our owner is from is, is not from England. Most of our um, um, board members are not from England, so we can't really just say that if you're not a match going fan, uh, match going fan, you're not proper Chelsea. We 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 also have sacrifices here. There's some things I have to go to, but I sit down and watch Chelsea. Things that I can spend my time doing, but I still kind of like follow Chelsea day in day out. So I love the team and I've been supporting the team for a very long so I was going to point that uh, that out I mean you've been a Chelsea fan if I'm not wrong uh, for almost more than 16 17 years if I'm not wrong you would probably be older than most of the people who who've been supporting Chelsea even if they're homegrown and, and a lot of the people on, on Twitter who've got a um, football Twitter account um, are probably between the age of 14 to 16 so you've probably been supporting a club which which is which to be honest is, is you've been supporting them for as old as most of the uh, people who own the accounts on Twitter so rightfully as both of you said in and I would agree with that that you know we as fans who don't go to regular matches also have an opinion and, and our support also matters and because we, we stay up late we get up early and on the other hand, um, Alex, you live in the UK, but um, when we had a conversation about this, I, I think you said that you're not, you don't go every other match, but you you have been to Stamford Bridge on quite a few occasions. You've watched a few matches. So how do you feel about these people coming out and, and attacking people from international level? It's crazy. I completely agree with what uh, both Amar and Kamal have, have said so far. It, I, I find on Twitter, it's it, I don't know, it seems like it's more elderly Chelsea fans who perhaps aren't used to um, Chelsea being such a global name, and yeah. they have this may, perhaps they have this perception. Yeah, they're just not used to having seeing these people who associate with their club uh, from around the world. And if you look at what Chelsea are doing, I mean, how Chelsea market themselves, and it's very inclusive. It's they're, they're trying to expect they're trying to put themselves out there. They don't want to limit themselves to off. Yeah, it's it's this idea that you only matter if you're a match going fan is completely not what the club are, are, are going for i mean you can see when they go off the pre-season tours in every, any of the, i can't remember the last one was in japan i think and they, they, yeah. they go to a different country every 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 summer except for the summer but yeah it's it's completely against uh what the club are trying to what the message that the club are trying to convey and it's it's very naive and i would argue in some like in some cases, I think it, it takes more effort to just to wake up at three o'clock in the morning or something that some fans do to watch Chelsea than it is to get to a to get to a uh, get to a game. And it's just I, I even that even literally all fans that turn up to watch Chelsea, you can all associate together and no no one fan is more has more value. I don't think than other. We're all we're all imp- I mean, we all have we're all true Chelsea fans. I think in a way, it's. It's just a very naive argument, I think. Yeah, but um, as you said, it's a very naive argument, and and that's why I really wanted to bring it up. You know, there's there's a, there's a community of um, Twitter accounts, and this is specifically for Twitter because of the fact that you can 
tweet out anything you want, delete it. Um, it won't affect anyone else. But um, I would say um, one of the largest followings from out of all of us is Kamal. And um, I think it, it should have, it would, in a way, a lot more people would come after you and the rest of us because you've got such a um, large fan following. But Kamal, knowing that you run a podcast um, with Worldwide Chels and, and you've got people from all over the place, so does that, in a way, help you understand how fans, um, how if, if there is even any difference between the fans who go regularly and, and fans who are outside of the UK? That's a great question. Um, to be honest, I, I've never noticed any difference in their fandom. You know, I've got one guy called Arrow who's on our, who's on our team and he's in India. And he, he wakes up dead early to watch the games and stays up late, just like you said earlier. Um, and he's got Chelsea tattoos and he's got Chelsea memorabilia and Chelsea fandom all over his house. So how can we question his opinion on his right on a, on a voice over someone that goes to games? And I'm not going to name his name, but we all know the one guy who's on Chelsea Twitter and who's the one who kind of started this whole conversation about, yeah. <laughs> lo- you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to give him that prop, but yeah. it's that one guy who kind of started this conversation and you know, match-going fans, okay, they spend a lot of money, fair enough. Um, you know, it's not, you know, I remember trying to get season tickets at the time when I was in London, and it was crazy expensive. But, you know, the the club values everyone's insight. So, and, you know, like you said, I have an X amount of following, and I, I have been, a lot of fans have come up, yeah, I say come up, have tweeted at me and said, you know, without reading my bio and saying, oh, you're from Florida, how can you have an opinion? And it's like, excuse me? Like, it doesn't matter if I'm from Florida, you know, Kensington, Kings Road. It doesn't matter where you're from. We all support this club. So I don't understand. I genuinely don't understand why people get hate for supporting the team that we all love. It, the logic, it, it stems down with a little bit of racism, too, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all interlinked in some way. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but I had Paul Canoville on my on my podcast yesterday. Oh, and wow. Or two days ago, if I'm not mistaken. And for those of you who aren't aware, he's the first black player to ever play for Chelsea. And we asked him this question. We asked him, what is your opinion on match-going fans versus worldwide fans? And he was like, there's that, there's that same thing which we're all saying right now. It's the logic behind, you know, not supporting a match, you know, a worldwide fan. is like, it just doesn't comprehend everything Chelsea are trying to do. And I think that it was Amat that said that, or Alex, you know, I can't remember. Maybe we all said it at some point. Yeah. But the club, the club wants to be international. I mean, it, it, the, we all want as much revenue, as much success. You know, we want to be the biggest club in the world. And we only get that with the international fans. And like, like I think it was Amat said earlier, without Chelsea, I mean, without international fans, we just don't exist. You know, we're a Sunday league team. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's the worldwide fans. It's it's everyone who buys the jerseys, who, who buys the kits, the, the the merchandise, and everything. And as well as you know, talking about jerseys, everyone's reaction on the third kit. <laughs> oh God, no, 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 no! It's the, probably the worst <laughs> kit we've ever had. I'm 32 years old. I've been I've been supporting Chelsea since I was four, and it's probably the worst kit I've ever seen. <laughs> Love that red. Yeah. It's by far the worst kit. This is by far the worst. And they said they even said it was based on um uh to I think Air Max also. And I and I saw yeah. the the Air Max. The Air Max design is even better than the the Ted kit. So what are the <laughs> what are <you> <laughs> I would love to see the sale numbers in that kit. You know, 
Yeah, maybe we'll, price. maybe we'll get a great price on it. <laughs> unless, unless they're giving it out on free um, on an away day. I, think, I don't think I'll be buying one. Yeah, you'd have to it's, pay me to wear that. It's just bad. It's bad. It's bad. There's no, there's no coming back from I think a lot of Chelsea fans have made it slide because of like the fantastic transfer the fantastic transfer window we are having. But if it wasn't for that, I think uh, the toxic Chelsea fans will be all over that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it was it's inspired from a nineteen nineties Air Max. Well, what is the connection yeah. between that and Chelsea? Like, what what are you what are Nike even playing at? It makes no I comprehension no behind it. You look at the kits of um, Paris Saint Germain, especially, and you oh expect God. Chelsea to come out with something. And I think RB Leipzig as well. Yeah, yeah, this That's is such in, a great this kit. Is... Season PSG has had like all their three kids are just fantastic, beautiful kids. That's it, even Jordan, right? Yeah, we need. Why can't we get a Jordan sponsorship? <laughs> but, Maybe next season. But also the Spurs. I'd hate to say it as well, but the Spurs, uh, Spurs revealed their third kit today as well, and I don't know. Maybe they stole it off us, but it's a yellow. It's a really clean yellow kit with. The- it's very England plus Chelsea old kit. Yeah, I would really right. quite jealous. Yeah, I think I think the third kit, if they if they only made the red, yellow, or black, like they will have one of the best. But the red and the blue, even even Crystal Palace showed us today. Did you see that? Did you yes, see that? they ratio they ratioed us so badly. <laughs> they did. What if what if we get? Is it okay if we can get Gary Cahill on the back of? <laughs> <laughs> He's got better chances of rooting it. Oh, <laughs> just have a trade deal between Rudiger and um, Gary Kettle. <laughs> and he can only—he's only allowed to play in the third in the third kit. <laughs> Anyways, um, I Havertz, you know, he 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 left the red kit for a blue one, but he's gonna have to wear the the combination now. You know, we talked about this before, <laughs> but how good of a signing is he for Chelsea, Kamal? Oh my God. Um... He is, he is. He just signals ambition. I mean, you bring him in, and it's just like, okay, Roman Abramovich actually is putting his money where his mouth is, and he wants to go for this thing. Um, you know, I I'll be honest. At the beginning of the season, I was full on Jaden Sancho propaganda. Um, I I kind of still want him at the club, but Kai Havertz is like a one B. I'm completely completely happy with this. I completely accept it. Um, you know, everyone in Germany is saying that he's their golden boy in a way. You know, he's a mixture of Tony Kroos and Michael Ballack. I mean, this is this is huge. Uh, 21 years old, going to be linking up with Timo Werner. I mean, this is an unreal signing. It signals ambition. You know, we're going for it. Abramovich isn't playing around anymore. He wants success. And that's why he's the best owner in sports, in my opinion. You know, I follow a lot of sports. Typically, American sports too. Um, I can't think of one owner who's more ambitious, ambitious, sorry, than Roman Abramovich. This is an amazing signing, and um, I, I can't wait to get started and see him, seeing him play and link up with everyone and just show him what it's about. It's going to take him time. We need to kind of settle down a little bit. I don't think he's going to hit the ground running and be world class straight away. Um, but give him like half season or a season, and then you know it's going to be full throttle. And um, asking Alex and Amar, both of you, I mean, we've, we've talked about Kai Havertz for almost every episode now because he's, he's been the, the poster boy of Chelsea 
even though we've got players like Kai, um, I was going to say Kai Havertz again. <laughs> uh, we've got Hakim Ziyech, Timo Werner, and, and we've got more coming in, in in the transfer window so far. There's, there's uh, targets for goalkeepers as well as Declan Rice as well. Um, but um, Amar, um, I think it was it was it episode two or three where we were having a bit of a debate on whether we really need Kai Havertz or do we do we spend that ninety million or, or whatever we paid for. Kai Havertz on a defense, um, and now that we've paid it for Kai Havertz, do you think it's still the right option, or do we do we should should have still gone for maybe someone like Kolebali or someone else? Even though we've signed um, Thiago Silva, Ben Chilwell, and Malang Sar for the next few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that the reason why I remember the reason why um I said or we said we don't really need him is because we were all focused on getting a defender in, and Chelsea has done that. Like we've got we've got. Thiago Silva at least to solve to solve our issues, and then Malangsa also to come in and go on loan. Probably when Thiago Silva is not around, he come in and come and fill um, that space left. So, and 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 also one thing was that I also saw him as like um, similar to Mount, but as the weeks went by, I started I did more research between him and all. That. I've never watched him in a full game; I only watched highlights. Even I think I saw him in only one game before we were linked to him. Um, um, to anything. So um, that time I, was, I just saw him as a mount replacement. But as the high point on, I started researching. I started seeing his potential. I started reading things on him. I was like, no, this guy is a generational talent. We can we can get him in, use him um for some time, and probably if he wants to leave and go to dream team like that did, we can get him. We can get a a, a good price for him. So. Havertz, yeah, I've, I've joined the Havertz trainer. I'm not getting off now. At first, I wasn't on it. I was skeptical about going, but now I'm fully on board. And I, I think he is a perfect signing, along with um, Werner, Ziyech, and um, Silva. And Chilwell. Sometimes you forget Chilwell, but Chilwell is there. Chilwell is also one of us right now. So, yeah, I'm on board, and I'm not getting now now. Going back to the point that you made about him going to the dream team, like Real Madrid, I would think the opposite, you know, I would ask Alexis as well. Um, do you think players are now more likely to play in, in, in clubs in England and in Italy? And because since, since Ronaldo's left Real Madrid, we're seeing a downfall of the players moving to Liga, you know, we followed the Messi saga that happened um, and then we see James Rodriguez who's just signed for Everton, you know, Bale wants to leave Real Madrid. So overall, you see these star, star players and these are slowly wanting to move out of La Liga. So. Do you do you think Alex, you know, someone like some some team like Barcelona, Real Madrid are going to come after Kai Havertz or um, even Timo Werner or Mason Mount in the coming next few years? I think right now there's there's a case for it, but I think maybe after maybe after Eden, if Eden Hazard pulls off a insane season next year, which I I do hope he does. Uh, I think I mean. I, Real Madrid is still managed by Zidane. They still have a team of world class players, so I think they're still attractive. That's still an attractive proposition. It's just Barcelona that kind of, of just no one really wants to be there anymore. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, I think Real Madrid, uh, people's players will still want to go to Real Madrid. I do. I mean, the Hammers deal. Um, I was I was really surprised by it, but at the same time, they've they've only got him on a two year deal and for twenty million. I guess it, it's not that much of a risk. But and I'm really excited to see what how he'll do in the Prem. But yeah, it's. I think Real Madrid is still an attractive op- uh, proposition, but at the same time, yeah, have it. You can argue 
Havertz chose. Well, no, I think it was more Real Madrid also didn't really want to spend, uh, don't, didn't really have the funds to spend this summer. Hence, mm. they, they weren't really linked to Havertz. So that, that's why, this, uh, as, as well as getting a, super, a supremely talented young player, the fact that we've been able to get him over these clubs that, he's, that he w- would have been linked to, like Real Madrid, uh, is, is just insane, really. <laughs> and it, it just has those Hazard vibes of 2012 where he, was, he had links to United and City yeah, we managed to get him, and the rest is history. I, I just feel it has Havertz's transfer has the same kind of vibe to it. What we can say is that um, Frank Lampard's power, poor power is insane, and I, I don't think we can <laughs> we can see them leaving anytime soon. No. <laughs> well, uh, Chelsea is very unpredictable, so who, who knows? No, I think as as long as we have um, Frank Lampard around, because he was the one who sold um, his vision to them, and they all bought it. Apparently, all bought it. So I don't know. He told them, but if he's still around, and we still believe in the like the plan he has to build Chelsea, and we can stick with one manager for a long time, I I I, I honestly don't see them leaving. I mean, we we talked about um, Frank Lampard's full power and all that, but is that dangerous on? The players that we've already got in the form of um, Reese James and specifically on Mason Mount, who, who will have to now fight for a position on the team um, because we've got ca- pe- uh, people like Kante, Kovacic, who's had a, such a great season last time, and then we've got Havertz as an addition as well. So, Kamal, is, is Lampard signing all of these players going to affect Tammy Abraham, Mount, and Reese James? I think, I think to answer the overall question, slightly yes. Um, Reese James, I think, has. I think he's definitely going to be a focal point for our team. And you know, Frank Lampard said multiple times that he's a massive player for us. Um, you know, how much he features, I'm not sure. I'm sure he's going to get a good split of the minutes at right back. Um, but to answer your question on Mount and Tammy, Tammy, yes, I think Tammy's definitely going to be second choice or potentially even third. It all depends on the system that. You know that Frank's gonna start off at the beginning. I think it's gonna be interesting with Pulisic out at the beginning of the season. I do have quite a hunch that he might play Timo Werner on the left and start Giroud just because, if we're all honest, Giroud is probably the best target man in world football um, and can give those passes and knock it off to 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 Timo Werner and kind of the, that two link up could be phenomenal and. You know, even Eden Hazard has said that the link-up play that Giroud offers is second to none. Um, but for Mount, uh, it's, he's going to be splitting minutes with probably Kovacic, as, as you just mentioned. And you can kind of see the, the tactics that Lampard kind of set up at the beginning, towards the end of last season. It was like kind of one six-slash-DM player and two attacking eights. So I think Kai Havertz is going to be nailed in as one. And the other one, I still think Mason Mount's going to play it a lot. You know, you don't—he doesn't play fifty plus games or fifty-ish games last season, and just all automatically fall off next season. Um, I think Mason Mount's, in, in my opinion, is incredible. Um, I know he splits the fan base right down the middle. Um, there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of love. Um, but I, I definitely see, you know, potential in his game, and I see how he affects the game. From you know, you take the game contextually. His pressing, what he offers, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so I definitely think he's going to feature a lot, and you know, split minutes with Kovacic. So I don't think they have too much to fear. Tammy probably the most out of all three. If I had to, if I had to, you know, kind of analyze the three of them. Um, 
the, as you said, I mean, Kovacic and Mount would be splitting the minutes. But against a top six team, um, against against big clubs in the Champions League, do we see Kovacic starting regularly or do we see uh, Mason Mount starting? Oh, uh, that's a solid question too. Um, <laughs> you put me on the spot. I'm going to say Kovacic just based on experience. Um, he's unreal at breaking the press and dribbling through the lines. The only thing that's kind of missing for his game is that kind of killer pass and that, you know, threat in the final third. You know, he I know he scored two phenomenal goals last season, but you know, he does that's not really a part of his game. He's he's linking up from defense to the mid and attack. So just based on experience, you know, he's played at some of the top teams in the world, like Inter Real Madrid. You know, he doesn't win four European Cups on the trot without being a good player. So I, I think to answer your question, yeah, it's gonna be Kovacic in the big games for sure. But Mount might sprinkled in. Um, they might even play together. You know, Mount surprisingly played right wing, left wing. He played everywhere last season. So I, it could probably be a trio of all three of them. Who knows? I mean, um, Alex, do you think the same, or would you say Mount would start in your lineup? Well, I, I, it it does depend. It it also depend on injuries too. I don't. I mean, I'd hope that we don't get, we aren't as affected by injuries as last season. But in the case that we are. I do. Uh, I'm fine with Mount start playing on left wing, right wing, but I do expect Mount to. I would still expect Mount to play a lot of games. Maybe not fifty. I, I'm not quite sure. I mean, if Barkley was um, was is going to be sold, if Barkley does get sold, then I would yeah I would expect Mount to probably play as much as he did last season. But yeah, there's still a lot of competition. There's there's more competition in the mat, in that midfield, especially with uh, Loftus Cheek hopefully coming back to his eighteen nineteen season form eventually. I don't know, but uh, so yeah, the competition is is, is it going to be tougher than last season for him? But I I when I don't put it past Mount to come out on top and probably play as Kamal said with the having this six in Kante and then. Have it some mount together. Um, following on, um, Alex, as, as you said, you know you wouldn't mind seeing him on the left of the right wing. Um, Amar, does 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 Mount? Do you think Mount challenges Pulisic for his position next season? Could we see Mount a regular at a left wing position? Um, because I, I don't think we've got anyone on the left wing because we've got Ziyech and and Werner can play on the right, and then Havertz can move around. So do we see? Someone like Mount challenge position this season. Yeah, I think that the left wing. Um, I think Kai Kai Havertz can also play there, but I think Pulisic is the one um, we will go with. Like um, Alex said, everything depends on um, in, um, fitness. If Pulisic is fit, probably he will be rotated with um, Mount, depending on performance. You know, um, Lampard Lampard selects his team based on performance, in previous games, and performance in training. So, um, whoever whoever um, impresses him the most starts. But I'll definitely prefer. Pulisic on the left because he has proven that he can do very excellently on the left. Then Mounts Mounts can play um probably in behind the striker or um as um um can be rotated with Kovacic. But yeah, Pul- um for me Pulisic would be the best if he's fit and everything is okay with him. Um he can also be rotated, but it all depends on performances and injuries. So. Like, but but I'll I'll always pick Pulisic because he has proven the most like to be more effective in the left. Going back again, uh, the one way we could say we can release the pressure off 
these young players is is by selling some some players you know um there's more than three there's at least five or six players that we can offload from chelsea get rid of um but on this on this small little segment um starting with kamal which three players do you wish that chelsea would say would kick off the boat and and say sorry you're not part of the project anymore or or three players that you would like to see somewhere else other than chelsea i can only pick three I'm um, sure. I mean, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. If you want me, I'll pick my top three, and then I'll give you who I actually want to go. Um, okay, that's right. So top three. Okay. Uh, Michi Bachuai. Farewell, Sayonara. Thank you for the late goals in your career, but it's <laughs> it's unfortunately time to go. You just haven't offered enough for me. Um, there's a plethora of strikers now. And there's just, you know, he, I don't even think he played a second after the restart. So there's, yeah, he needs to just go and hope, wish for the best. You know, he just hasn't worked out for us. Um, so that's definitely easy, number one. Number two, I'm going to say Emerson. Um, three left backs, you know, it's just he's not going to play. And seems the most logical, you know, because Alonso can at least offer you something as an attacking threat. Maybe not so much defensively, but... You know, you can put him up front and I'll guarantee you he'll score like a hat-trick or something. Um, but yeah, Emerson, just because of the numbers, just doesn't make sense. Um, and third, it's going to be Ross Barkley. Uh, it, you know what he gives you. He's a purple patch kind of player. He'll give you like two or three games of of good stuff, good work, and you he may bag a goal. That's kind of vital. But, you know, the overall game he doesn't give me enough and just we have way too many players in midfield now um and i know i said three but i'm gonna give one extra one just because i don't like him as a player unfortunately um and it's kind of torn between the two but i have to go andreas christensen i just i know it's the fan base is torn between him and rudiger and half the ram fan base thinks christensen is like the second coming of maldini and stuff like that but for me, I just haven't seen enough. I haven't seen enough. And since that kind of game against Barcelona a few years ago, if you remember, where he had that one mistake, it kind of seems as if from that point, he just hasn't been to the level we expect. He has a one good game every now and again, like the one against Man City at home was incredible. Um, but I don't see it enough. And he's getting to the age where potential that word potential doesn't justify it enough for me. 23, 24, I need to see you being quality week in, week out. Um, but if you had to pick a, you know, if I had to flip a coin between Andreas Christensen and, and Antonio Rudiger, either one of them. And I, th- I think that's it. I have everyone in the squad. Um, trying to think of the squad in my head real quick. I th- yeah, that's probably it. I mean, I think, I think we would all have similar um, players to kick off, but... Um... Amar, your three. It's it's a it's a carbon copy of what I just said. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, with slightly different reasons. First, um, Barkley. Um, I don't know. Um, the hype around him before we got him from Everton, he has never ever lived up to that hype. Um, everybody was saying that he he's a uh, English Ronaldinho, whatever they were they were calling him. I never really I never really saw anything of his, and then um. Coupled with his slow um, um, decision making and all that, 
he occasionally comes up with like um a goal or two and um more best of pace. But when he gets into the final third, if he doesn't shoot, he makes a bad pass. And and he's seen so many things, seen so many times. The thing where we played against Leicester in the FA Cup, he had a um, um we had a counter attack, and he had um Ruben on his left, and there was another player on his right. He didn't he didn't pass to anyone, and and the, he did that like three times in the game, and it was very very annoying. And he has done that so many times in the past for us. So yeah, Barkley was I uh, I don't know I don't know I don't know I think Frank likes it all, but. And I, I just think as a fan, I'm just just done with him. And then um, Bashuai, Bashuai, I, I like Bashuai. I'm not going to lie. I'm I like him, but last season wasn't his best. Too many missed, many wanted opportunity. Came up with a, a goal or two, like Barkley. Important goals, like the one in um um, um goal that I um in Netherlands. I think that one too was also good, but. That I th- I don't think he has really done anything. He was always he was always that kind of bench player, like second um striker. He could always come from the bench and do something and score a goal or two. But last season he wasn't even doing that. So right now we have a lot of um strikers. We have Verna, we have Tammy, we have Duru. I don't see the point in him staying. Um hmm. even if it's good, I don't see the point in it. He's always going to be the number four, the fourth choice. And, then, and I'm I'm saying that Bashuai he might go on loan. I'll go on loan and then later on we sell him, but I don't, I don't, I don't think you'll be around next. And lastly, is Emerson for the same reasons. Um, Kamal said, um, he he was a, he was the second choice to Alonso, and now Alonso himself is the second choice to um will be a second choice to Chilwell. I don't see the reason why Emerson. He doesn't really give um, that much um input in games and all that, so. He did really, he, he did well against Bayern Munich. I'll give him that. The our last our second um leg tie against Bayern Munich. He did um surprisingly well, but it wasn't enough. We still lost. It wasn't enough. So um I think with Chua coming in, it's just I think that um Emerson also go out. Yeah, that's then those are my three. Emerson, Bashuai and Bat. I think going back to the point you made about Batshuayi, maybe we should just change his nickname from the Batman to the title winner. You know, we only remember that one goal that was wrong. Oh my god! Conte. Maybe. I lost my I lost my mind in that game. That was actually <laughs> that was actually a fantastic. I celebrated so much. <laughs> I didn't even watch the replay to that goal until the it, game it was, was over. It was a comfortable title win. We knew we were champions. It just it, we just didn't know when it would be declared. And yes. he still celebrated like it was a it was a ninety minute Aguero kind of silent <laughs> goal. Yeah, that's yeah. what Mitchie gives you. That's what Mitchie gives you. He gives you that goal against West Brom, the goal against Ajax, the goal against Atletico Madrid. You know, like these last minute winners when you don't expect to win. And he that's what he gives you. So that's it's kind of like a sentimental thing with him. It's like okay, you remember him for these moments, but what else does he give? He doesn't. His link up play isn't good. His hold up play isn't good. He he's all over the pitch, but he'll score a goal when you least expect it against a massive team. So it's kind of one of those things. But overall, yeah, you just have to let him go. Even um, even, even with Batshuayi, his Twitter his Twitter performances as well has gone has gone down. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He hasn't tweeted in a long time. Yeah, yeah, he was he was he was actually one of the best 
Football is tweeting at that time, but now it's also going down, so there's no coming back from anything. I don't think he needed any football Twitter accounts to roast him. He was just roasting himself. You know, he knew when he had to <laughs> give himself a bit of a lesson. Yeah. Um, Alex, your three. Oh, well, I don't want to do this, say the exact same thing as, as the man, Jamal. I, I mean, completely agree with theirs, but Let's say, firstly, oof. let's go with Danny Drinkwater just because I, I don't know why he's still at the club. He's still got two years left on his 100k a week or whatever. I think it's 100k a week deal. Uh, and yeah, just <laughs> it's, I think he, he did an Instagram post today saying how he doesn't expect to be at Chelsea past preseason. So hopefully he gets moved on. So yeah, Danny Drinkwater, absolutely, because I've, I've, I've no idea how he's managed to remain at Chelsea this long. Uh, he's the they, biggest con man in football history, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> he's done well for himself. He's like five, oh, God. Yeah. Three years. Three years so far. And he's I mean he had he played a little bit in the last Conte season, but yeah. He's he's got only one goal for us. It was a banger too. It was a banger yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, but yeah it's sorry to uh, interrupt you mate. That's okay. Um Yes, I can't believe that we we offered him a five year deal when he signed. But then again, he did show. I mean, his performances in the fifteen sixteen season with Kante alongside him, I can understand why the club did. But yeah, it's just time to. I I just hope that we can sell him to someone. But eh, I don't. I'm not sure why any club would would pay money for him. But that's the point <laughs> of the list. Uh, number one, Danny Drinkwater, and then. Two and three, yeah, it's. Oh. You sell them for five million. Yeah, yeah, of course, I'd sell them for any. <laughs> I think any, I, that's the thing. I don't think clubs would even pay five million for him. You saw he he went to Aston Villa and he just, I think he played against City. I think his first his first game or something for a Villa was against City, and yeah, he just mistake after mistake after mistake, and they they got thrashed. But yeah, so second and third. I think the right way to put it, um, sorry for interruption, but um, it would be he's slipping over. Yeah, I mean, wait, has he? I can't remember his slips, though I haven't watched. Well, because his, his name's his name's Danny Drinkwater. So. <laughs> <laughs> the usual pun every podcast. Danny slip on water. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I respect that he's he's not exactly been. I mean, you can't really. Can you argue that he's been unprofessional? Not. Yes. No, I mean, I'm not going to say him. Yeah. Yes, he's... you can. Sorry, I'm going to say it. I mean, he got into a fight. <laughs> oh like... yes, I sorry. Yes, yeah, he, did. he did. He got into a fight. With he got the smashed up. Yes. He got smashed I can't up. Remember but... that one. Yes, he had. I think, yeah. I think I think Buckley also had a similar a similar problem also. Yeah. It wasn't to the extent because. The extent of Drinkwater is like he he got kicked and beaten so bad he was like scarred in his face. He almost yeah, yeah. like broke his leg to the point of like him out for a long period of time. It's why Sean Dice was done with him. He was like, no, no, you can't. You know, you're on loan here and you're you're acting about. So can't you know, be. that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Still, yeah, no, he's collecting money and being stupid. Yeah, three years of it. It's crazy. He's been a Chelsea player for three years. I think I've seen him more in the Everton shirt than in a Chelsea shirt. Oh, sorry, not in Everton shirt. Leicester shirt, sorry. Confused for a second. 
Yeah, can't wait to see the back of him. And then the other two, I mean, I, whilst I would love to see Rüdiger leave, uh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, he's been so, he's been, he's had an important part to play in signing Werner and Havertz. So it's, uh, I think it's pretty, um, I say, I don't know, maybe unethical <laughs> to, <laughs> to sell him, to sell him immediately it after basically been helped get all these amazing signings so yeah Christensen I'd say Christensen because yeah we've nice we've given that potential <laughs> label for for so long and I just whilst I think he he could make a name for himself I think in a different league but it's just uh, I don't know against a physical striker I think about and his yeah I guess physical striker is just he does tend to get exploited and he also has these lapses in concentration where he'll move out of the defensive line i think it was the um oh, palace game post restart and yeah. it was dying minutes of the game we we're holding on to the lead and christensen decides to come out for the come out to get the ball for some reason just leaving this huge gap in our defensive line and they they play it right the ball past him they're through on goal and i think willie or i can't remember if it was willie or or Kepa who made a really Oh, no, it wasn't. It was Zuma who made a clutch slide tackle in the 90th yeah. of the yeah. past game. Thank God he did that. But yeah, so uh, Christensen's uh, lapses in concentration is just... Do you remember the West Ham game, away? Oh, uh, Antonio. Yeah. Oh, he destroyed him. Oh, my God. That was bad. That was yeah. bad. Inside out. The same thing where he would come out of the defensive line and just, mm-hmm. they would just play it right past him. I think he has he has a problem with um, meeting um, very skillful and um, fast paced strikers one on one because I remember Alfonso Davis just did the same thing to him when we played um, Bayern Munich at the snap break. He 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 just went in straight for the tackle and Alfonso just flew by him like um like a bullet. <laughs> I will, yeah. I'll give him that because Alfonso Davis is absolutely unreal. I'll give him that one. But you can't be yeah, getting turned yeah, inside but... out by Michael Antonio. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true. <laughs> that doesn't strike me as like a John Stone. He's very much like John Stones, I think, in a way. And That's it's... a great shot. Yeah. And he's uh, somehow, I mean, I think it's quite overlooked how City played 50 million for him. And he's mm-hmm. probably about sixth choice or fifth, fifth or no exaggeration, probably fourth or fifth choice centre-back for them right now. It's... Yeah, so yeah, it's. He, I think he can do well in a different league. Maybe send him off to Bayern. He can get really jacked or something out of there. They seem. <laughs> yeah, it's. He, I, I, I don't think he'll be. He's a bad footballer. He just isn't cut out for the Premier League, and I think he can do well in a different league. But if you don't I, mind me asking, as we're on the topic, real quick, what do you think that the whole Christensen good on the ball thing is extremely overstated, or is it just myself? Because I think that 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 whole his amazing on the ball thing, blah blah blah. I mean, I don't see it enough every game when I'm like, okay, he can ping a ball here, he can ping a ball there. I, I don't see it enough. So I just wanted to get your guys' take as we were talking I, about. I, I think that came. I think that thing came from. He was very good when he went on loan. I think a lot of um, Chelsea fans saw that. But when he came back, he has never really performed the same. So like, like Alex is saying, he might do. Better when he goes to a different league. Yeah, um, yeah. I think so. Um, maybe again, uh, if he's, I've, I've long maintained the idea that if he's paired up with a f- just an absolute physical brute force, brute defender, 
think he would actually do quite well. But then again, yeah, uh, with the whole thing idea of his passing being amazingly good, I, yeah, I do agree. It's it's a little, it is overstated. I do think it's good. He does his passing between the lines is, it's it's definitely. I think it's there, but yeah, it's not. It's not like a, it, it. It's not something that you would put him in as and have that as the reason. He needs to be a good defender, and he just compare compare his passing to say David Luiz's. But David Luiz's David Luiz would pull off like seventy, eighty yard passes, completely, uh, in, especially in the sorry ball era. That's true. He could ping it around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, he could. And Christensen, yes, is through the lines passing is good, but. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's it's overstated. And then Rudiger, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, Just for the quick one, sorry, Alex, to interrupt over there, but if you could tell me your third player, because we yeah. have some news on Twitter I'm just reading, which I want to discuss um, to the yeah. end of the podcast. Yeah, and then the third player, it's going to be... Oh, I'm so... T- do I go with that? Do I go with what, Emerson, or do I go with... Oh, I do want to say Jorginho, because... Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out there and say Jorginho, not because I don't like him. I think he's an amazing player. He just doesn't fit. Um, I really wish we could get some money for him, and then he could be, be and then go to a different team. But yeah, I'd say Jorginho because he doesn't fit this system that Lampard probably want or post restart at least wants to play of the sixes and a six and two attacking eights. Unless Jorginho is paired with Kovacic. He just doesn't seem to work. Th- I don't know. There's something that's very off whenever Jorginho isn't playing with Kovacic. It's it's. I can't really explain it, but that just seems that's the impression. But then again, you could keep like, since Gilmore is out for a while, and if we don't get Rice, you could always keep him as the backup DM. So, but ideally, I'd I'd love to, I, the third third one would be Jorginho. Not to say it's um, later, but yeah. I love him as a player. But I, I feel sorry for him that he's not used in the way that he, that could get in a way that would get way more out of him. But it's Selavi; you can't you can't change it. This is yeah, I would love to discuss more about this topic, but right now, as we are recording, um, very trusted source, Sky Sports journalist Angelo Miante, if I didn't butcher his name has just confirmed that negotiations between Chelsea and Rene for Mendy are almost done with a fee rate reached around 20 million euros. The deal is almost done and will be signed in the coming few days. And it's the first choice for Peter Cech. How do we feel, guys? feel good. I mean, for the quoted fee of what, 20? It's 20 million pounds or something? 20 million euros. Oh, euros? Euros. Wow. Is okay. it That's good. Yeah, Twenty million euros. Yeah. Wow. That is. Uh, if if it is twenty million euros, that would be pretty insane for someone who's supposed to be competing with Kepa. And I mean, I, I'll admit I haven't really watched much of him, but all I know is he he can he's good at cl- claiming crosses. He's huge, and his save percentage is okay. I don't. I have not watched. I'll admit I have not watched a single second of him playing, but. If if he's got the rec- he's got good recommendations from Betzcheck and the uh, Lolishan, the goalkeeping coach, uh, turned I think goalkeeper scout now for Chelsea or something like that. Uh, if if they think he can cut it and the fee is right, why not? 
um, Kamal? Yeah, exactly, exactly what Alex said. Um, I, I, I've been a big, I don't want to say hater, but you can, I'm trying to find the right words. Um, I've just not been sold on Kepa these last two years. Um, you know, I, I'm a big proponent on stats and using statistics. And when you do further analysis on Kepa, you can see that he's never been a good keeper in his career. Um, his save percentage has always been mediocre at best, has never led the league or never been the top two, three, four players in the league he's been in. Um, I know a lot of fans liked him last season, but if you look at it overall, we liked him because he saved a couple of penalties as opposed to everything else. That's how that's my take anyway. So and again, statistics show me that if you have a bang average keeper, and I really do mean bang average, we have a lot more points this last season. And we don't concede a lot of the goals that we did. So Mendy for 20 million euros. So what's that? 18 million pounds. Absolutely. Um, I don't think he's going to be our long-term keeper moving forward because he's already 28. So, I mean, I know that's nothing in goalkeeping age, but bring him in for this whole season and, you know, you can go next summer and go absolutely crazy and get yourself, I don't want to say Oblak, but, you know, someone of his elk. Um, so stopgap solution at the worst case scenario, absolutely. He's huge. Like Alex said, I think he's like 6'5 or 6'6. Six, six. So he's hoping he can come out and claim crosses. That's something I haven't seen Kepa do once. Um, he's not going to get beat by long shots because Kepa's really small in frame. I know he's six foot, but for a goalkeeper, that's not a lot. And I'm not sure if you guys follow the Athletic at all. Um, but to, there is one article that the guys put out that they did analysis on Kepa. And what he does in terms of his technique, he kind of throws his hands behind his back and swings them forward to kind of get momentum. And that technique is considered, well, it's not like a flaw, but it's really unusual for top goalkeepers. So in doing that, it takes like a split second longer for him to save, you know, XYZ shots. So that's also a reason why he's probably not in the top tier of keepers. So he has a flaw in his game um, that hasn't been able to be rectified by any of the goalkeeping coaches that we've had. Um, and I know Hilario gets a lot of stick, but it's not on him, okay? It's not It's not coaching. It's him, in my opinion, anyway, it's Kepa. So bringing in competition, bringing in someone else, let them fight it out, put Mendy in, let's see what he's got. 18 million, can't go wrong. It just reminds me of Petacek and, or was it Courtois and Begovic, just having a solid backup keeper. You know, two solid options. I know Begovic wasn't quality, but, you know, when we had Czech and Courtois. Um, Amar, how much of a bargain is it getting Mendy for, for 80 million pounds or 20 million euros. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a, it's a serious bugging because, um, like, like he's saying, Kepa has, like, Kepa hasn't been, like, um, Alem, Kamel and uh, Alex said, Kepa hasn't really been um, the best of keepers. I think he's even been the worst in the Premier League last year. So, um, we we all a lot of Chelsea fans wanted him to go. Me personally, I didn't want him to go. I wanted him to stay and at least fight for his position. But I I always wanted competition for him. I wanted really really isn't that competition is is not that competition that he wants. Um, he he. I said I, I agree with Kamal and Alex. Um, Kepa didn't do really. He didn't impress Kepa. us at all last night. And um, a lot of Chelsea fans were. The view that he should leave, he should go. But it's, the thing is, it's not easy to let um, your most expensive signing go um, um, a little amount 
uh, for a loss. And he signed, we shot, we shot ourselves in the foot by signing him on for seven years. It wasn't, um, at least some, some, some of the blame goes to Kutua for putting us in that position in the first place. Um, but just too much. Um, mm. He wasn't even really that good in his former team. So I don't know why we did that. But it's now like the team just um, is hoping that he does, he comes good. And that's what we, we as Chelsea fans, we can only do. Because if we don't, if he doesn't get, um, a good replacement, or he doesn't get an SG competition, it won't get better. So we just we just have to. It won't get better. So we have we just have to. Um, he needs competition. Competition. If competition doesn't make him better, then I, then then he it's time for him to go. He just needs competition. I think he's 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 I'm comfortable being in that um seven year contract bubble. So that bubble needs to pass. Um, that bubble needs to best. He needs to. On loan, if he doesn't do well under the, under um with competition with Mendy, then he has to go on loan or something because um performances that he got last season. I I, I just don't want to see that again. It's just bad. So competition is good, and um, I just hope it makes him better. That's all. Yeah, I think um. Mendy will help improve Keta, or even if he doesn't, then we could have Mendy as our first choice as well. So just before we end tonight's podcast, uh, Kamal, your predictions for the next season, um, however way, which way you want to say it, um, starting with the Premier League or the Champions League or whatever one you feel comfortable with. Sure. That's, that's a really, really tough question. Um, just because we, we don't... this This whole year this whole last season this season is going to be so unprecedented and so different from every other season you know we're still kind of in a covid situation so there's, there's quarantining there's multiple games you know we're gonna have so many games without fans um there's no preseason, and i know we've just had a preseason game but you know the players are in- internationals right now so there's such a lack of time for players to gel and like you usually have like what is it six or seven weeks of preseason? So it's Lampard could drill those tactics in, get players fitness up, you know that kind of thing. So if we we have to tamper expectations a little bit, but with that being said, we have to compete. Um, spending, I know we've had a ban, and we've net spend is going to be almost you know only net spend overall is probably only going to be fifty to hundred million just based on you know the players we're bringing in and the players we've sold. But we have spent and we've shown ambition. So we have the likes of Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, the two players, two best players from Germany, in my opinion, that every every team would want. Um, so Lampard's got all of his first targets. You know, he's said that he wants Ziyech, Werner and Kai Havertz, and he's got all three. He wants Chilwell, he's got him. Um, so hopefully we can get Declan Rice over the, over the line because we do still need defensive reinforcements, especially the kind of player that can be a monster in midfield as well as dominate at the back. Um, but that's, you know, that's to see if we can get that done. And if we can bring in Mendy too, then we, he has no excuse. We have a goalkeeper to replace Kepper as well. So expectations, I do want to see us close the gap dramatically. It cannot be 33 points. It can't be anything close to that. It has to be no more than 10, 15 point gap between whoever wins the league. Um, I do think Manchester City will win the league if they sign Koulibaly because their team's just going to be unreal. 
And, you know, I think Liverpool are going to drop off quite a bit, actually. And that may surprise you, but, you know, they, they hardly rotated their team last year. And they haven't made a single signing of quality yet. <laughs> so I do think we're going to compete. Um, we can't be losing to awful teams at home. We can't be losing to West Ham twice. I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. You can't be losing. I know Bournemouth aren't in the league, but, you know, we, we can't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We can't be losing to Bournemouth. Um, so teams like that, we can't. Our home form was outrageous last season. You know, I think it was Southampton. It was Bournemouth. It was. Oh, I can't. I can't even try to remember it. It was just so bad. So we need to make Stamford Bridge a fortress again. And overall, yeah, in the league, we need to we need to compete. Champions League. Um, I'm okay with us going out to the likes of Bayern Munich, but we can't be losing seven one. So, again, similar conversation, like I just said. We, we have to go far as possible, obviously. But if we're losing to an elite team like Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or someone amazing, as long as we're not getting embarrassed, I'm okay with that. And as for domestic cups, we have to win one. We absolutely have to win a cup. This is Chelsea Football Club. We, I think last season was the first season in X amount of years that we hadn't won a trophy. And I think since Roman Abramovich taken over, there's only been, in my that I can recall off the top of my head, two or three seasons tops that we haven't won something. So winning the Carabao Cup, winning the FA Cup, I don't care. We need to win something. You know, this is, like I said, with Chelsea, we're a massive team. We're the best team in England. We're the best team in the world. We have to win something. That's, that's my expectation. So, so overall, you would still call next season as, as still a good transition season? Yeah, I mean transition for sure. Um, you know, we have to, we have to. Obviously, the players aren't going to like Team Werner is not going to hit the ground running and score thirty goals, in my opinion, straight away. You know, ZX going to take a little bit of time. Pulisic's still injured. Um, you know, Ruben Loftus Cheek hasn't played a full ninety minutes of quality football in God knows how long. Um, you know, Thiago Silva's coming in from from France and he hasn't been with the squad in training yet, so. The beginning of the season is going to be a little bit patchy. It's definitely going to be transition for sure because you're implementing how many signings have we had? One, two, three, four, five. Five or six players brand new that have never played for this club before. So language barriers, all that kind of stuff you, you kind of think about behind the scenes. You know, these players are trying to settle, find homes, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's going to take time for these players to find their feet. Um, but second half of the season and later into the season, you expect to see some kind of uh, like spine in the team. You want to see someone be, okay, you know, Lampard's system, because Lampard, in my opinion, he played like, what, two or three different formations last season. He played 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, like, and I couldn't really narrow down what is Lampard trying to do? Like, what is his system? What is he trying to implement? I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Even towards the end of the season, I could see like, okay, he wants two attacking eights, but what is his football? Is it high press? Is it, you know, it was kind of all over the place. So now that he's got potentially all the players he wants, I need to see an identity, um, but I know it's going to take time to gel. Obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a process. It's a three-year plan, like everyone's reported, but I need to see progress. I need to see us compete a lot more than we did last season. Um, what are the likelihood, what's the likelihood that we might even winning the Premier League if we start really uh, well manner. What's the likelihood of us winning the league? Was that your question? 
Sorry, I didn't catch you. So the likelihood of us winning the league. Um, it's. I mean, we can absolutely win the league. Um, we we have the players and the squad to do so. You know, there's a team of winners in this team. Um, team. I say I say winners, kind of. I mean, mentality wise, you look at. We haven't had a player as cocky as Ziyech in, in God knows how long. He's, I, and teams need that. Teams need that kind of player who's going to be like, no, I'm amazing. That kind, of, that kind of Zlatan mentality who's like, no, no, we're, we're amazing. And Thiago Silva... Add someone like that. Excuse me? We haven't really... Sorry, sorry no. to interrupt. We haven't really ever had someone... I, mean, I guess Hazard in a way, but even... Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think... Yeah, yeah. Has, yeah, yeah Hazard was like... He was like, oh, I'm the best player in the league, but he was never the sense that... Yeah, you know, that celebration easy. he did against us. Easy, easy, that, that's easy, what easy I mean. That me. kind of like, this is what I do. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is what I do all day, every day. It's like, eh. I uh, kick my it's like, eh. Just, this just, is usual. All day. So... <laughs> exactly. So, Ziyech ha- has that mentality in him. Thiago Silva's a, a winner. He's won everywhere he's gone. Okay, he hasn't won the Champions League, but he's won title after title after title at PSG. That's a different conversation because we all know that's not the strongest league, but he's a winner. Um, he's got that mentality. He's going to change the mentality of the squad. And you saw last season, Ross Barkley came out. I think I can't remember what game it was. But at half time, you know, Lampard said, you're not good enough to wear this shirt. I need to hear that a lot next season. If we're not performing, he needs to say, this is Chelsea Football Club, guys. Like, this is... I was about to cuss, but I wasn't going to. But, you know, this is... We, we are Chelsea, man. We are elite. We don't take nonsense. We can't be squandering 2-0, 10 men, like 11 men against 10 men versus Arsenal. No, no, no. We need to put them to bed. You know, this whole conversation about Arteta, Lampard, Ole. You know, next season, we need to see Lampard stamp his authority and be like, I am the best manager here out of these three. Winning the league, at, we, obviously that's the aim. You know, with Chelsea, we need to compete. But I, I'm being real at the same time. You know, we haven't I, like Jose Mourinho said that once, you know, we're like a, a little horse that needs milk and the next season we go and get it. So that's how I think this season is going to be, you know, compete to the best of our ability and then maybe get one of those, that missing link player that we might not have this year. Like say, for example, we can't get Declan Rice in or whoever that player is, you know, compete to the best of our ability this year and next year we absolutely have to be winning something big. And by big, I mean the Premier League or the Champions League, one of the two. A lot of additions to the team as well as Thiago Silva. As Kamal mentioned, he's won everything everywhere except the Champions League. So hopefully um, it ends up that we win the Champions League next season with Thiago Silva or uh, whatever. Anyways, um, as long as we win something, you know, Premier League or Champions League or even one of the League Cups um, to call it a transition season. Hopefully we expect bigger and better things from Chelsea next season. Thank you to Kamal uh, for coming on the podcast. Oh, gosh, you're, you're so very, very welcome. I mean, I know we, like I said, I want to firstly apologize for yesterday. The big so good, so I apologize good. to you guys. Uh, and, you know, we've been talking, me and you, trying to get this done for a long time. So thank you for even considering me. That's an honor in itself. And uh, thank you for having me. And I definitely enjoyed it. It's amazing to have you. Um, Alex and Amar, I know I didn't ask for your predictions yet, but we've got a guess right before the season starts, which is where that will be our main topic. And um, hopefully we can talk about it then but as well as um Kemal. Thank you for everyone coming on it, Amar and Alex as well. It was a pleasure having you again.
Hopefully big things are coming up soon from Chelsea as well as our own podcast. Uh, watch out for more information. Follow all of our social media pages as well. Subscribe down below and like this video. Comment below what you think Chelsea is going to come next season as well as your predictions. And discuss everything on Twitter and tag us in it for a chance to get a chance to be on our podcast uh, throughout the season as we will be announcing some new stuff, stuff before the season starts. That's all from here, and we'll get back to you next time, I think. Thank you.